Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. Last week it felt weird to have a day off, and now it feels like I've forgotten how to do this. That's okay. That means you had a very <laughs> good time off. <laughs> so, as my co-host so eloquently put it, we did take some time off because the Sylpharina and Niantic decided to take some much-needed time off for the, I guess, mid-cycle break? Is that what we'll call it? Spring-ish break. It did not feel... Actually, no, that's a lie. It did feel like spring up here. And then it got stupid cold again. Well, for spring. It was... It was... (laughs) It was 80 degrees at my sister's place up uh, near Toronto, and then three days later it was snowing again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll do it. <laughs> the The last week we had we had sunny and high 70s throughout the week, and now this week we're in a freeze watch. So yay! I love Midwest weather. <laughs> Seasons. <laughs> So, if you're new around here, we are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that primarily focuses on the Sylpharina esports movement known as Factions, primarily focusing on the lower tiers from Open to Bronze. And if you're not new here, welcome back. I hope you didn't miss us too much. Do we do we got some news now, Taco? I think so. Now that now that we have let Niantic actually catch up a little. But the question is, did we did they really catch up or are they still gonna maintain radio silence on us? But that's they, okay. They did they did tease GoFest, which I I have feelings about, but we can we can talk about real news. <laughs> <laughs> well that is still real news. GoFest has been teased as of the date of this episode, which means that by the time this episode goes live, it may or may not be already revealed, and we are too lazy to go back and record. So we will be late on the boat on this. I did, however... It gets to be next week's news. (laughs) I did, however, like the tease, as it looked like it was like a train station thing. So I'm like, hey, what if they have GoFest on a train? And you know what else is on a train? Battle trains. And the entire GoFest is just, we're we're on a passenger train just battling. Battle toads? Yes. But in, in real news, I guess we'll call it, Sylph has unveiled the third wave, third and final wave by releasing May and June's cups. The first cup is a well-known cup that all competitors have been taking part in since the start of Cycle 4, unless you are in the Justicar, Master League, and or Open Slot. And it is the Arcana Field, or Arcana Cup this time, excuse me. I'll still call it field because I am. Did they did they make any changes or is it just full carbon copy? It is the Arcana field that I didn't actually look at. I actually have to double check on that because I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. The Arcana Cup is going to be ghost. Is going to be ghost grass, psychic, or rock type, as well as Gyarados, Scyther, Vespaqueen, and Honchkrow, electric, ice. Fairy and normal types are banned, as well as Galarian Articuno, Bastidon, Probopass, Regirock, Sableye, Trevenant, and Tropius. It does not say that Shadows 
are banned. So Which would be following the same. So it says, familiar to factions field specialists. So I'm going to say it's a carbon copy, unless otherwise stated. In also, the- I just saw that today is a double catch test, so I might need to catch some stuff while we're doing this. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then in June's Cup, we have the Innocent Cup. Trainers will build a team of dragon, fairy, flying, psychic, and water-type Pokemon, plus Arbok, Dragalge, Garbodor, and Arbok. However, Why Arbok? <laughs> there's that Arbok. However, ice, fire, poison, steel, and shadow-type Pokemon, as well as Altaria, Galarian Articuno, Chrysalia, Halucha, Lantern, Mandibuzz, Mantine, Mew, Galarian Moltres, Noctowl, Pelipper, Pidgeot, and Galarian Zapdos are banned in the Innocent Cup. But we don't have to worry about that till June. Me personally, I'm just glad that dragons are allowed, and you know what that means. Flygon is allowed. But not Shadow Flygon. Look, I'm just... Ha- well, you know, you don't really need Shadow Flygon, because regular Flygon is just keeps and bounds better. Okay. <laughs> so that is the Sylph news. And then Niantic has decided to unveil or finally release a Pokemon that is very near and dear to a lot of trainers' hearts, the Volcarona family. It's going to be in May. Which is, like, literally a week away. I know. Don't remind me about that. Okay. <laughs> just just think of think of all the eggs you'll be hatching with that bonus shiny chance for hatches. And to be quite frank, I'll be riding my bike a heck of a lot more, so I'm going to be hatching those eggs. The free-to-pay life is a very, very taxing life. And then the other... Are you going to go for the new Mantic shiny also? No. I'm going to go to... I'm just going to be hunting Volcaronas, and that's it. I, the shinies will eventually come to me, or I'll just get them traded to me, because... Yes. Not going to worry about it. Exactly. And then the other one is Mega Pinsir is getting... Another Mega with Pinsir is getting released. Yay! Now I can use my Hundo... My Hundo Pinsir as a... And add it to the rotation. And then, of course, we've got Swine of Community Day Classic happening by the time this episode goes live. And that th- everyone's going to love that three times Stardust. Ancient Power, you don't really need it. Just focus on the Swine of Catches, please. It's a, it's a good opportunity to pick up the Hundo, or this is a nice time to remind people that the, the 98 is the fake Hundo for Mammo as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, if you do the 14 HP. Ah. See, I didn't know that because I have a Hundo and a Shadundo. So I guess I'll go for the regular Shundo. If that's a thing. Regular. Because <laughs> there's the the Shalalalala. The Shadow Shiny Hundo. Para by Larla Bamba. 
Yeah, that. <laughs> da 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 bam ba. And you get a copyright <laughs> strike. <laughs> you just you have to be monotone enough that it doesn't pick it up. Nah. I think I can. Try and it. under ten seconds or whatever. Oh, okay. We'll do that for next time, and maybe the editor will edit in some La Bamba music. I don't know. Gonna go all in. <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> it's another song. You're gonna make their job more difficult. Oh, <laughs> uh, how to tell when we haven't been when we haven't hung out in a while. <laughs> Okay, so wait, <laughs> I had to compose myself for a second. Are, are we on bout five now? Is that what we're talking we, about today? Yes, we are. Bout five just happened. I was last like, we week. didn't, we didn't miss a bout, right? No, <laughs> we just, we just got to not do anything because nothing happened. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So we're 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 recapping bout five, going on in about six, and the best place mm, to start. Mm. <laughs> the best place to start is in the open tier. So yeah, that would that would be bad to leave that for last. Yeah, some some trainers might get a little upset, but it's okay. Actually, I just came up with a great idea for a, a change up episode. Ooh, well, I definitely want to put do that for later. But okay, so we've got. Oh yay! I just got a mega level three Swampert. So now I'm gonna get all the swine up candy. <laughs> Ready for anything. Yeah, just in case you didn't have either of the other... What is it? Is it two or three ice types? There's Glalie, Abomasnow for ice. Uh, I guess I guess Steelix is the other and one. Then, but... Oh yeah, there's Steelix. And... Yeah, that's... that's... Oh, Groudon. If you've... You know... If you've gotten if you've gotten that far, I'm way too stingy about my primal energy. After they were so stingy with it, <laughs> I I refuse to use more like as much as as much as I got of it from a raid to pe- like to evolve it once. It's just like no, I am going no, no, no. super slow on purpose with it. I just got to mega two or like I did the first one past it, so I have like twenty one more evolutions until they're at three okay yeah and then i'm sitting up here with a bunch of like mega latios and latias energy like yeah just you know i'll never run out yeah i i did too many of those (laughs) those raid trains man those raid trains back when you can do like infinity and one remote raid a day (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When the heyday of raids. <laughs> Fair. Actually, I did get Mega Ki- or Primal Kyogre to level two and Primal Groudon to level two today, so I'm happy about that. So you're just like one rotation behind me. Yeah. Okay, so now let's actually dive into NA Open before we continue to go on another tangent. <laughs> Hear me, Pyroar one. <gasps> they did. Oh my goodness! Yes, I love Kimmy Pyroar. I mean, they good they, job, Ro- Rose. Rose came out with a win. Yes. I'm not gonna lie, Kimmy Pyroar does have a special place in my heart, just because they were 
they were the first team that we covered in open and then we got to fight them last cycle and they were they were very very fun I love what the the ladies are doing over there keep at it but on that note we also have fearsome frost last defeating Michigan PvP 12 to 9 just top left was unfortunately forced to top left against zero to hero gaming 13 to 7 looks like somebody didn't set their lineups so they had to fight with a handicap and it was oh sad day for sad day for the just top left team Roslark Bode defeats SoCal Swablu Coastal 13 to 8 Nerdy Birds puts up another 14 points against the I think this is the D team E team of Northeast Battlers Buzzwolves <laughs> It's not worth it to keep track. No, it's yeah. it's it's just it's just their open team. <laughs> the open team. It's fair. And then finally, Weedle Knievel beats Charm City Cherims fifteen to six. With have we talked about the the Cherims at all? We have not. This is the first time them coming up to fight with the quote unquote the big the big boy table, I guess. And they unfortunately they did were not have a, a good showing. They were on, but I mean, they were on a little win streak prior to this week, though. They had three wins going in, so it wasn't like they, the algorithm pulled up a random team. Like, right? They were they were sitting in the right spot, three one. Yeah, their only loss was to the Luciania Orange team, and that was like way in bout one. And we always give new, the newer teams <laughs> at least one week to kind of get their footing. Uh, you know, I just I just noticed. Weedo Canoodle has a new logo. <laughs> oh, they do? Now, see, that one looks... I think it looks better. I like the... To me, the it's it's much more obvious what they were going for, right? Yes. Very, very on-brand. <laughs> Dazed and Confused, if you're listening, I, since you're the captain, I'm going to pick on you for a second. I love what you guys have done with the logo. Keep at it. <laughs> So now to dive into how Weedle Knievel was able to pull off this victory. So starting in open, Juicy Chicken Yo fought Drew Schaefer. Juicy Chicken brought Chrysalia, Shadow Swampert, Shadow Alola Ninetales, Shadow Hitmonchan. I think they have not changed their team again. Pidgeot and Umbreon into Drew's Buzzwool, Alola Ninetales, Regular, Lickitung, Sableye, Diggersby, and Frostlass. Uh, it's it's different from the previous two iterations, and they they did take a couple bouts off. So okay. So quickly judging by this team, it's very it looks very. What's the word I'm looking for? I I see one thing that is a big issue immediately. <laughs> is it the Hitmonchan? Uh, no, it's it's there is there is no charm resist on this team, and in fact, two full weaknesses to it. And Buzzwool and... Oh, and Sableye. I keep forgetting Sableye is... Yeah. I've been playing a lot of uh, older games before the fairy type was introduced. So I see Sableye, I'm like, oh, look, no weaknesses. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. So yeah, in this case, the Shadow Law Ninetales charm damage definitely added up. And then you could... Well, and it was 
it was just always going to be a threat, right? Like, you have Lickitung and Diggersby as kind of just HP pools to deal with it a little, but... How, and the unfortunate part is they, since they both share normal typing, they are kind of get destroyed by Hitmonchan's counter, no? Yeah, I, and the only kind of issue there is there are three fighting resists on the team. True. And the the opposing little nine tails is still gonna put some pressure into it. Like they they can also opt for charm since you know <laughs> you can you can turn it back around and there is also no charm resist on Juicy Chicken's team. <laughs> this is true. However, I do want to play. I'll play point out play devil's advocate for a second. I think Juicy Chicken's team had a little bit of a bulkier team overall. So charm, even though it was gonna hurt for a lot was kind of managed a little bit more than Drew's team. The other piece that's sticking out is, you know, the 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 Great League hero Shadow Swampert is is looking pretty favorable here. So between those two and <laughs> almost anything else you wanted to bring it, you you had you had a pr- pretty good rotation there. Like I mean, all, like ugh. a little nine tails is always safe. There's there's nothing that immediately threatens it. The the normal types are kind of the best bet, if if not the mirror. But yeah, the the shadow charm damage is just that's kind of that's such a such a chunk. That's fair. Okay. So, let's go ahead and move on into the Justicar field because, sadly, Charmanderson has gotten 0-3'd again. Again? Well, I think he got 0-3'd last time when we were on break. Well, well, that loads. No, they, they got 1-2'd. So it was a 1-2. I, 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 I take back what I said. It wasn't an 0-3. <laughs> it was a 1-2. But kind of made. They did add Kyurum this time. And Victini. So those are both new to their team. True. However, in Kyurum's case, I don't really see a lot of play with, you know, Kyurum being on that side with Charizard, Machamp, Como, and Como kind of being. Uh, really? What's the word I'm looking for? putting a lot of bench pressure because of that ice typing, it would kind of hurt Kiram a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but yeah, there aren't any what I would consider standout matchups there for it. Um, I it's because it's just it's still kind of squishy even at ultra range so I, I'm not even sure what it uh, does well into like you can you can pretty much always count on it to do a chunk 
It's like, yeah, okay, the in the one shield it almost takes the combo. The the slow king, yeah, that's what I was wondering about actually, like if it was tanky enough. Because the MO for slow king most of the time is to throw surfs at stuff if it can, and this is not a situation where it can get away with it, so that's That's a plus for Kyurum. Ah. I see. Okay, so it looks like you kind of swayed me a little bit. It does and, give a little bit more play. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Charizard's not bad either because it's not like a true dragon. I'm sure it it wants if to be it's a like, dragon. If, yeah, if it's one wing attack behind, you probably. Oh, yeah. If you d <laughs> if you don't uh, debuff the blast burn, you're in trouble. Even then, it's a barely win barely lose situation so it's it's kind of a wash there that's good to know ah. looking looking at more teams because i'm sure it'll pop up again um now that people are a little bit more used to it in ultra thanks to the weather cup it's been pretty pretty widely hailed that way gotcha okay i'm kind of not seeing a clear i mean for me personally i'm not seeing how bird's eye view that was the opponent's name, by the way. I, I didn't announce it when I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> on Bird's Eye View's team, they brought Charizard, Tentacruel, Galarian Slowking, Shadow Machamp, Como, and Shadow Luxray. It's a Charmanderson's Shadow Charizard, Victini, Como, -O, Luxray, Kiram, and Scrafty. But anyway, with that out of the way, I'm not really seeing how Bird's Eye was able to kind of gain an advantage other than... they got the alignment they wanted yeah and and that that is always possible right there's there's several of these matchups that are pretty polarizing if you get them in the right order tentacruel is pretty good um like victini puts the most pressure out of anything right uh, I mean, or or the Luxray. Well, kind of looking at that Victini for a second, Confusion Victini can chunk Tentacruel and Machamp. I think it does... No, it does super effective damage on Como as well. Mm-hmm. But... Would, looks like it would really be hurt anything by a Tentacruel with Scald, Machamp with a Rock Slide, maybe if Galarian Slowking... I think in this case, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say Galarian Slowking ran Hex. Because I'm not seeing a good confusion target other than Como. Well, and yeah, with, with Victini looking that strong, I, I feel that is probably the start of your strategy, right? Is how do I deal with Victini? <laughs> and it, it's... It, I, I like that point of entry that it starts with hex sloking. Right, and even, I was like, you could even probably make a case for Snarl Shadow Luxray if you really wanted to. Unless that Shadow Luxray has hidden power ground. Because, of course, it does. I'm probably gonna sleep on that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's still that's still the old dream from 
from Electric Cup where it was worth evolving any Shinxes that you still had just to see if they would get the hidden power ground. Right. Because I think the but, mechanics is it's random. Like it's completely random. There's no like IV spread or anything that can that can what's the word I'm looking for? They can influence it, right? Yeah, that's that's my understanding. And then I'm pretty sure that even if you catch the same pre-evolution as someone else, that you can evolve them into and get different hidden powers. So it's it's randomized ah. at that point. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> it's well, luckily it's a terrible move, so most of the time it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but uh, I feel like you you really nailed it on this one kind of zeroing in on the Victini where having that matchup be as problematic as it was forced Birdseye to come up with a, a point strategy against it and to me that's that's the the point of factions that gets really fun is is that you get all of your regular tools to come up with a, a strategy to kind of go blow by blow and then and then bring it to your match that does make a lot of sense honestly okay but still I, I, I like I also like your your point that the the 30 here is impressive just based on the the builds right and so good on bird's eye I, I really like to sit down and kind of go into a little bit a little bit more of a into a deep dive at some point my DMs are open <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I'm no stranger to getting to getting messages saying hey this is how I want and then I'll, I'll shout it out in the next episode okay so moving on to the Master League, we had Captain Dazed and Confused go up against Pro Flowery. So Dazed and Confused brings Mega Obama Snow, Florges, Gar- Origin Form Garatina, Yveltal, Swampert, and Gyarados into Pro Flowery's Mega Alakazam, Dialga, Dragonite, Togekiss, Excadrill, and Swampert as well. Honestly, looking at the matchups itself, Dazed and Confused with Mega Obama Snow into that Dragonite, Togekiss, and Swampert looking really good. I was just surprised to see these Megas, honestly. <laughs> well, we Dazed and Confused did do her homework a little bit and had a a Gengar count had two Gengar counters in Origin Form, Giratina, and Yveltal. And looking on Pro Flowery side, they also had a... They had two dedicated Gengar counters in Mega Alakazam and Excadrill, and maybe even Swampert to some degree. So they both prepped for Mega Gengar without needing to bring a Mega Gengar. And so, like, 
the way that I'm kind of seeing is that Mega Abomasnow was able to knock out one of the, get into a favorable matchup, and then you had Swampert. Mm, no, I'm going to take that back. You had Yveltal take care of Mega Alakazam and Dialga after Mega Abomasnow was able to take out the Togekiss from the field. That's my thought process, at least. Yeah, apart from dealing with the, the Togekiss, that I, I, it just it just feels like that was that was the, that became the game plan, right? It's like, oh, we have to lure the Togekiss somehow. We get we get to play Whack a Mole Togekiss edition. <laughs> yeah, but especially with Community Day, with Togekiss community or Togetic Community Day. There's going to be able to be a lot more Togekiss hitting the field. Or at very least, even down in, in the open ranges, you can you can expect to see fully excelled ones, right? Like, that's that's kind of the, the tricky bit about having your Master League setups is you need to actually have the full investment at pretty much every tier of factions. With... With XL candies being this prevalent, if you don't have a level 50 mon, you're probably going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage. Every day of the week. <laughs> Unless you get to like specific bulk points, then in which case you don't really need that level 50 mon, but you're still going to need that level 50 mon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of a lot of homework if you're setting yourself up to be not running the 50 slash 51s yeah my hat my hat goes off to every master league trainer that that gets played you know just to let you know if you guys want to join a team that pays in gummy bears give us a call <laughs> you just want all the master league specialists <laughs> I'm not going to say the quiet part out loud, okay? I'm just simply making an invitation. Gotcha, gotcha. But I know that there's one Master League Specialist that'll never... What's the word? That will never, ever, ever see Get the light of day. Back together? That too. <laughs> they will never see the light of day because their team keeps them chained up in a basement according to their their Twitter account. So we have to take, we have to take what they say as gospel. I haven't heard from them since, so... Mm. TJ, if you're listening yeah, um, and you need help, send the smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 still impressed by the Mega Alkazam bring, just because I mean it does have the potential to run counter, so that part's fun. Uh, but just with how weak it is to Gengar, like <laughs> it feels like such a gamble. I think if Mega Gengar was on the team. Mega Alakazam would have probably ran Confusion. But seeing... Actually, in this case, Counter would have been... It went super effective into Obama Snow and neutral into Yveltal. But resisted into... Double resisted in Origin Form. And resisted into Florgis and Gyarados. So that one could have def very easily been a toss-up. I mean, at that point, it's probably more worth it just to stick to Psycho Cut and 
maximize your energy. Stay flexible. That makes sense. Alrighty then. Ready to move on to the fields? Yeah. Okay. Our, our soon to be Sylph Cup field. <laughs> I will forever call this the Arcana Cup next month the Arcana Field. I mean, if it's exactly the same, there's there's really no reason not to. Right. Okay. So in the first slot, we had RJ go up against Blue Crab Cards. Both trainers brought Tyrant. However, RJ brought Runarigus, Jump Pluff, Cofferkrigus, Cradley, and Shadow Honchcrow into Blue Crabs, Gyarados, Pelipper, Shiftry, Lorantis, and Runarigus. So we have a double ghost into a double grass, double water core. And it looks like Blue was able to do the, take the victory 1-2. So let's dive in and find out why. We don't usually see the Runarigus be the mirror ghost either. <laughs> that's that's slightly unusual for this field. Oh right, totally forgot they brought they both brought Runarigus. Yeah, it's like if you see a ghost that's the same, it's usually the Kofa. Actually, I was wrong. I have to make an adjustment. RJ brought double ghost, double grass into double water, double grass. So, I mean, the obvious play was definitely to bring Tyrant in both games. At least in Blue blue Crab side, because Tyrant being able to hit everything on that side for neutral or better. And Gyarados being able to shred the opposing Tyrant, as well as hit Runarigus, Coffergrigus, for at least to threaten them with crunch and then because Shadow Honchkrow is so glassy Gyarados' Dragon Breath can very easily put in some work against it which would leave you having to deal with Jump Bluff and Cradley via Pelipper? Yeah, Pelipper's good. Breaking news, Pelipper goes burr. yeah well and overall just the fact that Gyarados isn't shadow I feel actually helps a little bit here because RJ's team aside from from the bookends is is pretty stable by Arcana standards where Rune Jump Kofa and Cradilly even just based on its typing are reasonably tanky. That does make a lot of sense there. And then even actually Gyarados could kind of be saved away for another day and let Shiftry take the reins with threatening the Tyrant, Runarigus, and Coffergrigus if they if it wanted to. Yeah, and when you have the option in our Kana to run Shift Repeliper? Why not? <laughs> like, if, if they're not forcing you out of that mold, then then just stick with it. It's like, there there's a reason why they're top picks here. That does make a lot of sense. So, good on Blue Crab for 
taking the 1-2 over RJ. Going into the next one, we had a flip. We had a 3-0 sweep on the side of Weedle Knievel. There's a lot of sweeps in this matchup, I'm now noticing. <laughs> we have Dubsil... How did that... What's that? Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's the way to get to a 15-6. A but yeah, even to have sweeps back the other way is... is fun and surprising right it wasn't just all on one then yeah so in this one dubzilla brings in tyrant haunter ferrothorn jumpluff mew and runarigus into coyote doodles jumpluff runarigus malamar cradley pelipper and mew so unfortunately pelipper was on the losing side in this one we did get a bit more overlap in this matchup though I like the Malamar call because I think it's neat. Be you can threaten the Haunter and the Runarigas with the Foul Play and Cycle Cut combo. And then Superpower can definitely threaten Tyrant and Ferrothorn. On paper, it. Oh, I forgot. The Foul Play can also threaten the Mew. On paper, it Malamar looks like a really good pick. Yeah, it looks amazing. The, the only thing it really has to worry about is the jump bluff. Or there's there's a few things that if it comes in too late and it just doesn't have a shield, like that can also be a problem because it's it's neutral into enough of the other other damage that that can take it out. But as far as The, like looking at it from the get go is like yeah it looks like Malamar should be oppressive so my question is why did it end up on the side of the team that got swept <laughs> what went wrong <laughs> that's what we're here to find out if I had to pick going off of a complete and utter wild accusation I would say it was the tyrant Tyrant is, is is a good guess. The other thing to keep in mind for Malamar is it is neutral to Ghost. Ah. So you have enough Shadow Clawers <laughs> on that team <laughs> to potentially keep it in check just by fast move damage. Also, and then yeah, classic classic Ferrothorn shenanigans also, where pretty sure it can survive a superpower because it's non-stab. Gotcha. And also looking at looking at Doodles's card a little bit, they did not set change their trainer lineup from last time out. Tis a little unfortunate, but they they do what they can. The one, I mean. I don't I don't want to get too crazy, but one thing I have seen Mew players do is use infestation as a fast move. Interesting. Because it's not terrible and it definitely would flip that script. Ah. And I think the only thing you're really giving up short term is probably 
Runerigus? Or is like, I mean, I guess it would depend kind of on how that affects charge move timing, but um, at least just based on the typing of the fast move, that's kind of the only thing that gets worse. Like the Pelipper, assuming you're running wild charge, like that's where most of the pressure comes from anyway. I see. Alrighty then. So that was the second sweep. Yeah, second sweep. Or third sweep we covered, second sweep on the side of Weedle Knievels. And then here's where the bulk of their points came in massively because they, they took the catacomb completely by storm. Hasank brings be- takes a W over D-Gen Steve. That's what I'm going to call it, D-Gen Steve. Has- the D-Gen himself. Hasank brings Barbarical. Ariados, Sableye, Mandibuzz, Jumpluff, and Frostlass into D-Gen's Galvantula, Alolan Muck, Barbarical, Sudowoodo, Frostlass, and this has to be a triple legacy Sea King. Most likely. I like the Sea King. I don't like that it doesn't have a lot of targets. <laughs> yeah, I like it in theory. <laughs> if, if the Sea King is really good if your opponent brings a chestnut or you know just a lot of stuff that's weak to poison but in this case with that poison jab the only thing you're hitting for super effective damage is that jump pluff so let's see and the, the charge moves only do okay like, well, I mean, they help the most into the jump bluff also with the Icy Wind, but... That yeah, drill run's not hitting anything really hard. This is Barbarical, and that's it, yeah. So I think, and you have kind of shown me this a little bit, Ariados puts in a heck of a lot of work in, in the Catacomb field. I didn't think a bug that bug in particular was really really good <laughs> yeah that that bug and then also the sable eye is is fairly safe like the alolan mug doesn't have an easy time with it especially with with alolan or with sable eye resisting all of alolan mug's charge moves right or your best case is neutral, like with a Dark Pulse. I see. Okay. That's right. Dark Pulse. I forgot. <laughs> and then Sableye is still able to hit everything with the exception of Barbarical and Pseudo Wudo for neutral or better with that foul play and return combination. Yeah, and then, and then you've kind of got dealer's choice behind that or you can also just not even use those and your your tankier options with with mandibuzz and jump bluff would it are there are there to are there to change it up too if you want yeah and that definitely would be a i think it would be a snarl mandibuzz just to get to the 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 charge moves faster at, at least that's where i'm thinking yeah, and unless unless you have something in particular to hit with air slash, like a chestnut 
or a Pangoro, like there there's not a great reason to run it. Gotcha. Speaking of Pangoro. Is it in the next slot? It is. <laughs> in the last in the final sweep, we had Dark Answer go up against Against Hippo <laughs> Hippopostamus. Yeah, first try. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Dark Answer brings Frostlass, Umbreon, Mandibuzz, Galvantula, Jump Fluff, and Sableye into Ariados, Sudowoodo, Piloswine, Pangoro, Lapras, and Barbarical. So there's that Pangoro that you were talking about. And I think in this particular scenario, Air Slash Mandibuzz was definitely the type to bring to be able to hit Aridos for super effective damage and Pangoro for super effective damage. Yeah, if, if that's what you wanted extra consistent damage into, for sure. It's it's a little tougher just because they were also running two rock types next to them, but you 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 have the option of being flexible on your fast move, which is which is always nice, like to have at least a little bit of uncertainty in a matchup. Right. At least with like when you were talking about those two rock types, you could throw Sableye or Umbreon at them to get some chip damage. Now I kind of want to lean on the side of Sableye because it's looking really really good into Sudowoodo and really good into the Barbarical. And with the, the triple dark types on Dark Answers team, you can pretty well assume... Pangoro's gonna show up. Yeah. It's just honor bound at this point. <laughs> yeah. Got too many targets. But you know, Dark Answer has a good amount of answers to it. The only thing that you really have to keep away from it is Frostlass. Everything can everything else can kind of play around it. It's not gonna be clean, but they can kind of put Dark Answer in position so like so that Frostlass can come in and kind of clean up. Unless, you know, Lapras is in the back, then hope you save the Galvantula. Yeah, or Umbreon itself isn't bad into Lapras either. Like it's it's not great, like they're both tanky, but it's alright. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm in, I'm impressed though that Dark Answer was able to take that sweep. Same. It is a very impressive feat. Great job, Dark Answer. Can't wait to see your performance in the next bout. Speaking of that, we have two lone undefeated teams left in open, which means this is the last bout in open before the computer go- throws a curveball at us and makes it completely <laughs> go off the rails. Not, not that we've been without curveballs already. Like there, there's been at least one that I know. So, right, yeah. So it, it's it's only it only gets worse from here. <laughs> so in bout six, fearsome Frostlass is going to look to defend their number one ranking against Zero to Hero Gaming. Rose Lark Bow and Sky Attack will be squaring off. 
Nerdy Birds PvP and Michigan PvP are squaring off in that third slot. Weedle Knievel and Beginner Winner Trez are going to be locking up that fourth matchup. And then Just Top Left is going to be looking to make the Wicked Weaviles Just Top Left. And then for this is this is one I'm this is one I'm wondering about also. Like what is Wicked Weaviles score? Oh no, they they're on a they're on a win streak. They've won. They're they're there. Yeah, they're four one. Okay. Oh, so cool. they only lost the first match or the first bout. <laughs> they lost the second to beginner and winner Tress. Ah, okay. So yeah, they were going to be looking to continue and actually fighting up against the algorithm, winning by staff corrections, and then sweaty PvP EVs eleven back to back eleven to tens are very tough. We can say this from experience. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Although I, I need to, <laughs> I need to let you down easy on this one. Oh, Masubi changed their logo too. I, I saw that. They are no longer oh. my favorite logo. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. The sushi with a fist on it—it it just works for them. It's just not as cute. I know. I I miss I miss the I miss the the sushi roll. The cuteness clout was high. Bring back the sushi roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> but okay so best of luck to each I'm... go on oh sorry <laughs> I'm seeing more things happening where okay I'm happy to see Sky Attack popping up into the into the top 10 teams Roslark Bow is also coming off a win over SoCal Swablu Coastal like pushing them back out of out of our range yeah Got some got some interesting developments here. Like obviously, there's still four full bouts, so yeah, a- lots can change. Anything can honestly happen. Remember when Roslark Bow was, I think around the bout five time they were four and one. I want to say, and somebody's gonna correct me on this. They were four and one, and then they finished six and or five and four, if I remember correctly. There's definitely some some luck of the draw involved. That makes sense. But you can't you can't fault or favor anyone for who they end up playing when it's set up in this way. <laughs> True. Swiss, you'll never know what's going to happen. I can't wait to see what Captain Custom Approach and the Nerdy Birds is super secret generator will spit out this week we'll see what happens I'm, I'm feeling pretty good though about my initial picks from the beginning of this cycle like it's it's looking it's looking good for our picks so far that's true okay with that out of the way let's go ahead and dive into the iron tier with the first championship I'm gonna call it championship bout out of the way I'm gonna start from the bottom up because the championship was like at the very top. We had NMPVP taking another victory against Testudo Skills. Gumi University defeats the Swell Sprouts 14 to 6. Once again, someone forgot to set a lineup. Dojo Comrades take a 13 to 8 victory over the Island Guardians. The Queen Bees' win streak unfortunately comes to an end against Inglorious Northeast. Inglorious Bastodons. Oh, they also have a new logo. I don't know how to feel about it yet. 
It's very pink. True. And then finally, Sub-Zero destroyed. Sub-Zero was able to take revenge from last from last cycle, beating Grievard Underdogs 14 to 7. I think they have Dude. avenged the 16 to 5 beatdown that they took last cycle. <laughs> I was like, do you do you think they brought that that MJ energy into that into that battle? Oh, MJ hyped it up during his article. I loved reading it. I said, I'm not even on this team, and I want to know who who wins. Yeah, high profile. Like you said, it was semi-championship because they were the two undefeated teams at that point. Yep. With that, Sub-Zero is the lone undefeated team in the Iron Tier. However, Grievard Underdogs is right behind them with, you know, their one loss, obviously. And then here's here's another little bit of fun fact. Gumi University, because of the tie in bout one, is above the other two lost teams in the iron tier. Hmm. So we have one team benefiting from the tie, and unfortunately the island guardians have yet to win a bout, but because of their tie, they have a singular point. It is nice to see a one instead of a zero I will say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true okay let's move on into the queen bees and the bastardons matchup starting in the open tier we had bowling bacon go up against bean machine bowling bacon brought pelipper oh no pelipper jellicent medicham frostlass alola ninetales and mew into Bean Machines, Lantern, Jellicent, Alola Ninetales, Diggersby, Meganium, and Skarmory. I think you know why I said, oh no. One of these things is not like the other. There's that Lantern. Gonna mess some stuff up. Two, two water types and no grass type. Yeah, that is... That's quite a that's quite a prediction on Bean Machine's side, and let's see. Uh, I would I would say Bowling Bacon. There's, uh, I would I would call that a heavy lean in your team in the team building <laughs> that just did not pan out. Honestly, yeah, I'd have to agree with you on this one. The Alola Ninetales on Bowling Bacon side. Because of, because you essentially need coverage, you have to pretty much run Powder Snow for Diggersby and Meganium, and then that Alola Ninetales with no Charm coverage. Just, yeah. Aside from the the Mew running Flame Charge and Wild Charge, I guess. I, I don't see how Bowling Bacon was able to do much of anything with Bean Machine's team just being so overpowering on paper. Yeah, this is this is just a case of I like Bean Machine's team into the meta and I'm wondering about how Bowling Bacon landed where they did. Uh, has Bean Machine been running Lantern? Like, is, like, that's the only thing that would make me think 
that that was all right. Well, I mean, I'm checking they, right now. They they've run an electric type every time, so it's it's not like that's true. That was that strange. So the electric type was coming. The question is, what though? And then they had they've had double. Well, based off or 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 about double charm answers every time too. So <laughs> well, based off of you know Bean Machine's team, they had Togi Demaru for two weeks. So I think that the the thought process behind it was they were going to bring Unovan Stunfist for two weeks as that electric mm-hmm. type. So I think that's where. You know, the two ice counters came in with Frostlass and Alola Ninetales. But... Try, try to try to catch a pattern. Yeah, and, you know, Bean Machine pulled an Uno Reverse card of Haha! Oops. Lantern! And, you know, was able to play to the advantage on that. If anybody on the Queen Bees is listening, if that's what happened, please let us know. If it isn't, Please let us know. <laughs> well, and I mean, sometimes, sometimes you just like I having played open Great League. It's it's it feels like it's overly impossible sometimes to just have a balanced team, and so it's 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 easy to kind of get yourself in that trap of oh, these are the only things that I need to cover. I don't need to worry about that other stuff. And then sometimes it shows up and that's just that's just the nature of playing the guessing game. That's true. Easy come, easy go is what I like to say sometimes. But okay, so moving on into the Justicar field, we had Shadow in four going up against Johnny Ultra. Shadow Shadow brings Galarian Slowking, Kyrim, Charizard, Cobalion, Drapion, and Komoo into Johnny's Walrein, Drapion, Zekrom, Talonflame, Buzzwool, and Scrafty. You know, just by looking at this, Charizard just had to go off with Buzzwell and Scrafty. And I mean, it's it's not bad across the board either, where it's it's technically a loss into Talonflame usually, um, just because the charge moves have to kind of add up but it can hit everything on on Johnny's team. So I, I like that pick. The that we're seeing Kyurem again. So this is oh, also Johnny is not running anything Galarian at all. Um, yeah, we've seen the the slow bro sub in for the king sometimes, but here it's just completely absent. Have they? Is this their usual ultra player? I don't know. Let us do a quick, a quick check, or maybe they just no. So this something. is they've they've played Catacomb twice prior to this. Ah, this is an so this is a, this is an alternate situation. Does make sense, and the the team makes more sense in that context. 
Right. And even kind of looking back, the Charizard and Cobalion core hits everything for a decent amount of damage. However, Cobalion into Talonflame, the matchup can be a little tricky because Talonflame can essentially incinerate down and Cobalion needs to land the Stone Edge. At least I think Cobalion gets access to Stone Edge. If I'm completely whiffing it, I will happily take mm -hmm. my L. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta be on your toes for that. Right. For what the Cobalion set is, which because we know one of it's gonna pretty, be safe. Pretty sword. safe. Usually, yeah. And then it, with Galarian Slowking. I don't really see a lot of play, aside from spamming out Surf. But maybe the Cobalion Charizard and Drapion, or Cobalion Charizard Como, was a decent was a decent way to win. Yeah, I would say Johnny's team is maybe overly geared toward dealing with Galarian Slowking. But even with... Go on. Uh, where if, if, if you have those three plus counters to the Galarian Slowking, then they're just not going to bring it, right? Like, right. You're, you're, you're losing your, your, your prep advantage, except that then you're you can feel more free to run the buzzwool if you want, but when when you know the Charizard's coming, it's like, okay, uh, it still does okay into the rest of the team. It's it's just going to be a keep the buzzwool away from the Charizard, and that is probably where the win came from. Yeah, that sounds very logical. Well, okay. So, good job on Shadow for taking a victory with what looks like five Pokemon on six. So, going on into the the Master League, we have Emma Five Cents against Shadow. Shadow. I'm gonna say Shadow. <laughs> yeah, the the other Shadow. <laughs> Other Shadow, I'm gonna say Shadow Godry just to completely ignore the nine. So, Emma Five Cents brings Swampert, Mega Salamance, Metagross, Groudon, Mamoswine, and Hydreigon into Palkia, Shadow Lugia, Yveltal, Mega Abomasnow, Gyarados, and Excadrill. Shadow Lugia is spicy. Very much so. However, in this instance, Mamoswine with just the pre like the the presence of it being able to hit Lugia Yveltal for super effective help me with this one ice okay. ice into water is neutral or resisted I keep messing this one up <laughs> water resists ice water resists ice okay so the powder snow into Gyarados would be neutral yeah okay and then it would also be neutral into Mega Obama Snow. Mm-hmm. 
and then it would be neutral into Palkia, mm-hmm. and neutral into... Okay, so it's hitting... So Mammoth Swine's mm-hmm. hitting everything for neutral or better, mm-hmm. as I'm putting the gears together. So we know Mammoth Swine had to come in. I like Mega Salamance, even though it does take double super effective damage against Mega Obama Snow. It is dishing out Mega Super... Mega Super... Double super effective damage if it's running Fire Fang. And with Mega Salamence being more attack weighted than Mega Obama Snow, I think Mega Salamence can win that matchup. <laughs> I mean, the stats are just dumb. Uh, this is also one of the first times that we're seeing no fairies anywhere in the Master League matchup. So, not all bad if they run Dragon Tail either and just play around a Mega Obama Snow because it's it's not like Obama Snow has a perfect matchup here either. Like it's it's better than it is bad, but still can't hit Metagross at all. And the Groudon fire punches hurt quite a bit. Yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. So, fun fact, in the Mega Salamence actually beats Mega Obamasno across the board in the 1 and 2 shield, and then in the 0 shield, assuming no lag, <laughs> you can go straight you can go straight Fire Fang, but you'll have you'll die to one one fast move and not even be at any charge move, so you know, do with that what you will with that information. Yeah, and I wouldn't be too surprised, like, even if... Because I, I assume that was running Fire Fang for the whole thing. Like, even Dragon Tail, I doubt, is terrible. Just because its stats are so dumb. <laughs> I kind of want to see now. No, actually, it goes the other way. You need to either you invest one extra shield with Dragon Tail. So, what if I best buddy it? Best buddy is Salamence. Nope, still loses terribly. So, Fire Fang looks like it definitely had to be the play. But on the flip side, you could just kind of ignore all of that and just go Metagross with Bullet Punch, Flash Meteor Mash if you wanted to. Yeah, Meta Metagross was kind of in a tough spot. You're not wrong. I think that at least in this case, the if Mega Salamence was to hit the field, it would definitely need to bring Firefang. But then well no, Lugia is a psychic type, so you can use Hydreigon. I think this ultimately came down to who got the best lineup or who got the better alignment. Yeah, let's let's go with alignment. <laughs> and and I uh, yeah, just to circle back, I, I like the Mamoswine call early also. Um I don't I don't think Swamper could do enough. 
it's like okay yeah you're you're good into excadrill and that's it um so i think emma had had a five mon team <laughs> actually i just wanted to put some simplicity sake in the zero shields you could use groudon into uh, mega obama snow and if mega obama snow was running energy ball and weather ball ice you win that matchup but if you run weather ball ice and blizzard you barely lose the matchup because I completely forgot about Groudon. Hmm. Wouldn't forget about you, Groudon. It is it is fun to see Groudon outside of Primal Form showing up also. True. Well, Primal Form Groudon is banned. Yeah. It's, it's just been way more common to see its, its buddy Kyogre show up still. That's true. Okay, so... Let's move on into these sweeps. I mean, but yeah, bad thing, bad things happened in Arcana. I mean, Arcana slots. <laughs> yeah. So Hurricane Kaz fought up against Negative Ben Ten. Hurricane Kaz brought Shiftry, Jump Pluff, Pelipper, Coffergrigus, Jellison, and Tyrant into Negative Ben Ten's Ferrothorn, Coffergrigus, Shiftry, Pelipper, Malamar, and Lurantis. See, here we're seeing that Malamar again, except this time. The foul play into the Kafkaius and Jellicent hits hard, and the superpower in the Tyrant definitely hurts it. Lorantis Fury Cutter into Shiftry, and then since Lorantis is very attack weighted, Leaf Blade also hits Pelipper super hard. Yeah, so now it's now it's kind of flipped on its head, right? Where we have the. <laughs> the Malamar pulling off what it should, <laughs> and it was up to negative Ben 10 to figure out how to deal with the jump bluff. And the only thing I'm seeing that can deal with the jump bluff is wing attack Pelipper or wallet with Ferrothorn. Uh, it looks like Kofa is also an answer. Oh, is it? Yeah. You know, just because I play the Arcana field doesn't mean I'm a master at it. I go where I'm needed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was curious, so I went and looked. The Pelipper in the ideal scenario is hugely dominant, but obviously if they have to go, if they have to throw double Hurricane, how does that go? Uh, well, you live in acrobatics no matter what, so yeah, Pelipper is, is pretty safe. Oh, okay. My headcanon is the Malamar was just very, very oppressive. Well, and you, when you have Lurantis there to also superpower shenanigans, it's like as your as your backup superpower er. Slash the things that you can't superpower are not gonna feel good about the leaf blade apart from jump bluff itself. Like if if they got those lined up properly, that's that's just a pain ball. 
That does make sense. And uh, yeah, Ferrothorn isn't bad. <laughs> it's 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 still proving itself one of the reliable Arcana picks. Fair. <laughs> yeah. If 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 I'm if I'm Hurricane Kaz, like I. Yeah, like you almost have to bring jump left. Um, and even kind of lean toward jump left shiftery, so it's just like. Do you, do you swing Tyrant at that point? Do you go the. the Pelipper route just because it's consistent? Like, in. in it, you, you can always count on it doing damage. I think that more and more people are generate like Tyrant. When the game, when the game, when the field was first announced, looked really, really good. I think that a lot of other players are starting to play around it, and so it's not becoming as oppressive as it once was. Well, and you can you can see it's marked just in the fact that Ferrothorn is is so common or Gyarados was one that we talked about uh in the in the prior tier right like that part of the reason why it's so popular is because it just takes Tyrant out of the equation right well my hat goes off to negative ben 10 for pulling off the sweep i'm gonna move into the next one <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just gonna like pause it that it will be interesting going into bout six if we see more moves to cover Malamar. Then will we see the rise of Jumpluff? It's like Pelipper looks like also does fine into it, and then wow, okay, Rune and Kofa win the one shield. That's kind of crazy but ah and Mew oh wow okay uh so maybe it's 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 a setup mon more than it is sweeping like that actually could explain it better because then you're leaving these pretty chunky Pokemon with a little bit of HP and then you can just bring in your, your shiftery or whatever to farm down after that. Okay. Yeah, looking at it from that perspective, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that it's it's not the it's not the one man army, but it does set up a sweep. Similar similar to the stuff we've seen in Frost last metas, but obviously there's other heroes in this meta. Right. Okay. So let's go on into the Solaria and Loco John matchup, which was unfortunately another sweep to Bastodons. Oh, I'm sorry, I had to be partial, which was a sweep into Bastodons. <laughs> and it's it's another Malamar. The difference being now they've just really got the Pelipper as the consistent answer. Mm-hmm. 
So while we're breaking this team down, Solaria brings Haunter, Shadow Gyarados, Ferrothorn, Shiftry, Mew, and Pelipper. And to Loco John's Malamar, Pelipper, Jumpluff, Cofagrigus, Tyrant, and Shiftry as well. Well, and this Malamar does have a clear target in Haunter because of the poison typing and the psycho cuts. Foul play is. I mean, yeah, I'm. You told me, like, we're not looking at it as, like, a sweeping mon. However, in this case, Malamar does have a lot of good targets that it can use with its foul play and superpower combo. Unfortunately, and then oh, I was just, I was gonna say like initially it looks like the tyrant is pretty well pinned down like that is is looking less useful than normal like obviously it's still gonna chunk stuff when it shows up because that's that's just what it does but um, the fact that Solaria had the Shadow Gyarados and the Ferrothorn like that's that's good prep. For a tyrant specifically, yeah, that's true. Especially with, like, like you said, in this case, tyrant looks to be pinned down. But if Solaria only brought one tyrant counter and it got taken off the board, then that would just let the other tyrant. That would just let tyrant run free. It's 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 not like it's running away with matchups either. Like, I'm pretty sure it's not great into the Pelipper either. Even even if it lands an Ancient Power, it... It's... It, so, yeah, it, it comes out with a little bit of a win, but in general, Tyrant doesn't get to, like, snowball like some Pokemon do, where it's, like... How do I, how do I say this? You, you 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 can use it to take on one Pokemon, and then that's pretty much it. Like it's it runs out of gas pretty fast after that. Oh, so it's like a Hummer. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got low fuel economy. <laughs> it's twenty twenty three. We're still making Hummer jokes, but that is that is what makes it a good combo with Malamar, I think, because you can count on them for a certain amount of damage like what whether or not they're winning a matchup they're still leaving their mark and so it's it's kind of just which then do you do set up it's like is is the does the jump love have a good enough look in this in this matchup like it's it's tanky enough to deal with a lot on this team. The only thing I see it having trouble against would be the Ferrothorn, but... Well, and there's a, there's a few situations where if something has energy, like, that would be difficult for it to deal with. Like, we yeah, we talked about the Pelipper already. And... Yeah, Wild Charge Mew. But when you're, when you're looking at neutral acrobatics into everything it's like that's that's highly tempting 
True, yeah. Well, okay. So, in this match, in this case, as honestly with a matchup this close, if you take those six points off the board, Queen Bees have the eight to five, wait, eight to seven advantage. Math is hard. <laughs> well, and we can keep an eye on Arcana going into the next week just because getting both slots swept like that's you you obviously need to come up with a little bit new strategy there unfortunately going back the previous couple of bouts with the with the queen bees they have they have either tied or lost the arcana matchups Just double-checking with what I just said. Yeah. They've either tied or lost the Arcana matchups. So I think that the Queen Bees are a very competitive team. They just have to shore up that that Arcana slot, and they'll be able to take... They'll be able to easily get promoted into the next, um, into the next tier with no problem. Because they are a very competitive team. We, we played against them, and... Barely squeaked by a fourteen to seven. Well, doing doing a little bit more homework. Like I went and checked on Solaria just to see what her record has been, and she did three zero two one prior. But this bout, she reused her team from last time, mm-hmm. so that that could be part of it. Uh, just not getting enough variants into the lineup. Like obviously, there were a couple bouts between where she didn't play, but I see. Okay. Yeah, it's and then a, another a very similar team from Hurricane Kaz as well, where there was one swap from Lorantis to Jump Bluff, and everything else is the same. Gotcha. Okay, so let's now look at the Arcana field where they were they were able to win four to two thanks to a DeFi E sweep. However, let's first start with the Mama Climbs and Cat Cat Catacomb. Yeah, Cat. What did I say? <laughs> You're still saying Arcana. Oh, okay. In the catacomb, <laughs> they were able to take a four to two victory with a DeFi sweep. Mama climbs and Dave Z seven squared off in this match. Mama climbs brings Umbreon, Lycanroc, Lycanroc, Samurott, Frostlass, Beedrill, and Chestnut. They almost all rhyme, which I think is pretty neat. Into Barbarical, Milotic, Lorantis, Alolan Graveler, Frostlass, and Mandibuzz. So I'm loving the Chestnut matchup into Alolan Graveler, Milotic, and Barbarical. But there's a man. Yeah, they did. They did not expect a Grass type, did they? Does not look like it. But they were able to. Looks like play around it well enough to get a two-one victory over Mama Climbs. Hmm. And this is this is another repeat team from her as well. Quick public service announcement change your lineups you'll do a lot better take it from it, it helps sometimes take it from somebody who got 3-0'd after 3-0-ing an opponent and i remember this comment when i said i really like my team i don't want to change my team <laughs> proceeds to get 3-0'd the next week 
So I take it all back. Hey, I still really like that team. I just have to change it a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So make little tweaks here and there just to throw your opponent off a little. Or run a moveset that your opponent is not expecting. Just make sure it works on some mods. Like Psychic Umbreon. Anyway, so... (laughs) I... So I think also kind of looking at the scene, Lurantis is just so oppressive. And here's why. So Fury Cut Lurantis into will hit Umbreon for super effective fast move damage. The Leaf Blade will hurt the Lycanroc and Samurott. Fury Cut will be neutral in the Chestnut. Which means you have to bring a counter to Lorantis in either Frostlass or Beedrill. But what are they both weak to? Alolan Graveler. You know, unless Beedrill lands the drill run, but we're not going to worry about that too much. <laughs> yeah, nor- normally you get outpaced by the, by the Graveler. So, with that instance, it looks like Lorantis and Alolan Graveler might have been the plays... And then, you know, Frostlass is in there because Frostlass has to be in every matchup, apparently. I mean, it's it's the uh, it's the the self metamon, right? When you can use Frostlass, most people will use Frostlass. That's true. That's that's what makes Umbreon good in the first place. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. That's why I run the doggy. But okay. So, in the last field, or in the last field, slot, DeFi-E and D231. A lot of Ds around here. <laughs> squared off. DeFi-E brings Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Drapion, Frostlass, Samurott, and Chestnut. Into, Laranti- into Lorantis, Barbarical, Frostlass, Alolan Muck, Galvantula, and Pinsir. Alright, so the Pseudo-Wudo with counter into Barbarical, Alolan Muck does really, really well. Especially Rock Slide to kind of make that Galvantula kind of cry for its mommy. Frostlass a little bit. And Pinsir. Yeah, Pseudo-Wudo did a lot of work. Is what I'm guessing. And then, shoot, what beats the Lorantis? Uh, Drapion into Lorantis. That's a matchup, right? Frostlass isn't bad either. Um, it's pretty pretty reliable. Like, <laughs> I guess we have to kind of shout out. Leafstorm Lorantis as a wrench in situations where we got to see firsthand how crazy that move on that Mon is if you land it. I remember that. Was not a fan. It's it's kind of nutty damage. But yeah, like you, you even have the option of uh, a rock throw Sudowoodo here if you really want to 
be a little bit more immediately dominant into Frostlass and the bugs, because otherwise you're relying entirely on charge move. I would not pet damage. I would not put it past DeFi in the least bit. She is an excellent battler and loves to, and loves to think outside the box. And I mean, Lorantes is not going to be a good matchup either way. Only one that you might do specifically worse in is Barbarical, but I think I think you have decent coverage for it still. And, and I mean, maybe that was that could be the 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 mon that was the hardest to deal with. Right. I mean, unless you paired it up, unless you paired up Chestnut and Sudowoodo together to kind of give that one-two punch, and Nothing's really saying you have to run Vine Whip on Chestnut. You could very easily run Smackdown if you wanted to. I'm not saying you should, but it's an option. Yeah. I mean, and that was kind of the original bait version of Chestnut, right? Was That was how you would get a Talonflame out in open Great League, is by switching to your grass type and then... Whoops, it's Smackdown. <laughs> oh, I remember those days watching all the Talonflame users cry for their mommy or daddy. Yeah, well, and and maybe this is just you can get away with Umbreon double rock like and include Chestnut as a pseudo rock. Like that that might just work in this particular matchup. It's crazy enough to just work, but Wow, or or Frostlass even like just just step out the gate with Frostlass. Yeah, I mean Frostlass will hit everything for neutral or better, with the exception of the Alolan Muck. Wait, no, no, it's, it's Avalanche. Neutral, yeah, Avalanche. My bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Frostlass as a lead or even a closer looks like it could have worked out really well. So. Moving on into so you kind of kind of got that classic combo right. Alrighty, so moving on at about six. Unfortunately, the Queen Bee's run does not get that much better. They are fighting Grievard Underdogs, a team that's going to be reeling to try to bounce back to the win column and stay competitive. Dojo Comrades are going up against the undefeated Sub Zero, a team that's going to be looking to punch their ticket into bronze soon. Gumi University is going to be going up against the Inglorious Bastodons. Island Guardians will be looking for their first win against Testudo Skills. And finally, NMPVP is going to look to continue their win streak against the Swell Sprouts. Thankfully, in the upper tiers, or quote unquote upper, that isn't open, it's Round Robin. So everybody knows who they're playing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Less less luck there. So, with that out of the way, it's time to move on into the second most, or probably the most competitive tier in NA Open that we cover, Copper. Nope, no bias there. <laughs> Look, when you go 11 to 10 the first four weeks, and then 11 to 10 throughout the board in bout two, I think I'll make that statement. Semi-unchallenged. Unfortunately, in this case, Copper Tier decides to prove me wrong. 
There were no 11 to 10s this week. We had two teams or three teams blow each blow their opponents out of the water, quote unquote, by an average score of 15, sorry, 16 to 5. 16 and a half if you want to get technical. And the other two had 9 to 12 finishes. Barktown Boomers continue their win streak against Busta Mime, 18-3. The Orlando Faction and Diener Don't Care squared off, with Diener Don't Care finally scoring more than 11 points with a 17-4 victory. SoCal Swablu, San Diego, beats Pioneer Valley, 15-6. Spice is Right unfortunately loses to the Utah Pokemon Rangers, 19-12. And Battle Boys take their first loss of the cycle, to Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex 19 to 12. Is, is that the one we should look at? I think it is because I want to see how an undefeated team f- fell. Alrighty, so trying to dissect this a little bit. 316 Trainer X goes up against ER Bot 52. Trainer X brings Shadow Charizard. Azumarill, Sableye, Regirock, Venusaur, and Komo-O into Altaria, Ligatung, Vigoroth, Alola Ninetales, Jellicent, and Shadow Gliscor. Would it be safe to say that this Alola Ninetales was running Powder Snow? Even though that charm looks really, really, really good into Komo-O. I think the safe thing to say is that 316 made a mistake not bringing their own Alola Ninetales. <laughs> this, this is the, the first bout that they didn't bring it, and it didn't go their way. Uh, it's very, very true on this one. However, with Shadow Gliscor into that wing attack, or wing attack Shadow Gliscor into Venusaur and Komo-O, looks to have been a good substitute to where you don't, where you can kind of get away with running Charm into the Sableye and Azumarill, and even hitting Regirock for a decent amount of damage. Yeah, I mean, there's there's cause for both versions of Alola Ninetales here, so it was more dependent on on the rest of what was what was looking like it could make a dent. That's fair. Of course, we have do have to give a shout out to the Vigoroth and Altaria, two Pokemon that are kind of underrated in the Open Great League. They're just overshadowed by other dragons. And then, of course, we have Lickitung, the one of the, if not the bulkiest Pokemon in the Open Great League, definitely being one of the winners in the level increase to 50. That's that's my pick for the one that's standing out initially as a potential hero, where Vigoroth is okay, but Lickitung looks pretty solid here. I see. Okay, then. So, moving on into the Justicar field. Ooh, we have a mirror. Two mirrors. So, Bentucky goes up against Zorokas. And, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, no. Jack didn't fight Bentucky in... He fought DS Smooth. <laughs> Actually, after that bout... 
after Jack's bout with DS Smooth, it looks like the the what's the word I'm looking for? The Justicar slot got switched, and they have not lost that ever since. So good job on Bentucky taking coming off the bench and being undefeated so far. But going into this bout, Bentucky brings Tentacruel, Cobalion, Scrafty, Charizard, Shadow Luxray, and Galarian Weezing into Zorokas's Charizard, Tentacruel, Como, Shadow Drapion, Shadow Luxray, and Regice. Of course, we got. Let's see here. Wing Attack Charizard. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wing Attack beats Cobal. Or sorry, Charizard beats Cobalion in the even shields, right? In general, I think so. Just a car. Just a car. Yeah. Yeah, Charizard wins pretty pretty handily. Bummer. Well, you need essentially you need to be one double kick ahead. Yeah, that does make sense. So that one can go fifty fifty. Or because, like, for example, you do win the zero as a Cobalion. Just barely, it's, though. Yeah, it's it's not pretty, but possible. A win's a win. <laughs> That's crazy that the Blastbird doesn't KO, though. You would think it does, with how powerful a regular char- like, just Blastburn is in general. I mean, even if you double resist Blastburn, you'll still get hit for at least 25%. You gotta definitely be careful on that. And I know somebody's gonna say, actually, Taco, this mon under this condition with this debuff only hits it for 19.2%. So you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know all the calcs in my head. I'm sorry. Question mark. Take, take that taco. Oh no! You proved the meme the meme host wrong. Whatever <laughs> shall I do? Cry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna get some dirt in my eye. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Oops. Um. Oh, but before we went on our <laughs> fact-finding expedition, I was I was gonna point out that this is our first actual no slow to be seen matchup. You're right. You can't say Galarian matchup because we have we see Galarian wheezing just chilling over there in the corner. Yeah. But okay, dive, let's dive into this a little bit. So I like the shadow. It's like it's like it's like we're back at bout one a little bit, <laughs> just seeing these picks. Right. So the shadow Luxray on both sides can hit both the Tentacruel and Charizard for a decent amount. However, Como O on Zoroka's side looks like it has a lot of play into the Cobalion and the Scrafty. But you have to be able to land the close combat. Gosh darn it, Niantic. Give it clinging scales already and release the community today. We demand it. Or I demand it. And, and make Metal Claw Shadow Claw while you're at it. 
please. And one more thing. <laughs> I have a list. Yeah, Zoroka's Shadow Luxray, because Bentucky wasn't running a dragon, looks like it was probably a focal point. It's like, you could you could do some crazy damage with that thing. This is true. However, in the same token, if you can... If you can force a Galarian... Well, yeah, actually, yeah, because Galarian Reasoning has access to Playra. If you can force a Galarian Weezing to be locked in against the Como-O, you essentially nullify that dragon... That dragon, quote-unquote, advantage. And Regice definitely had nowhere to go in this one, so it was a six on... It was essentially a six on five. Poor, poor Regice. <laughs> it's like Thunder and Earthquake are okay. Um, but yeah, as far as even... Or I mean, I mean, like, Focus Blast with either of the uh, coverage moves is alright. Um, it's like Thunder is probably still the most consistent, so like the, the moveset everyone is used to from Weather Cup. That's right, that's fair. I haven't played what I haven't played GBL in a while, so I'll take your word for it. But okay, so let's move on into the Master League, where we once again don't see a Mega Gengar. So we had Battle Build PvP go up against Crispy Chris 27. Battle Build PvP brings Zacian, Groudon, Gyarados, Mega Ampharos, Togekiss, and Mamoswine into Crispy Chris's Dialga, Excadrill, Mega Slowbro, Virizion. Hey, wait, what are you doing there? Get back in the Jessica field. Gyarados and Mewtwo. That extra drill had a lot, had its work cut out for it, but I think it was able to do a decent enough job. I mean, Diago could put in some work too with Iron Head hitting Zacian and Togekiss and Mamoswine for super effective damage. And what if Mewtwo ran Thunderbolt this time? Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> I will I will respond in order. Oh, Dialga looks good. Mewtwo looks. I, I don't even think you need to talk about a coverage move because there's nothing on Battle Bill's team that resists Psystrike. Oh. So, just open and closed those. <laughs> to like together like that that was already gonna be uphill for battle bill i think so i i like i like that he took a win looking at that combo fair Alrighty, you want to move into the arcana yeah okay. so ds smooth and bacon aria bacon I'm saying that. Are you bacon? Are you bacon? 
had their first had the first match, and Dia Smooth brings Malamar, Kafagrigus, Ferrothorn, Shadow Tyranitar, Shadow Jump Pluff. Tell me you have a lot of Stardust without telling me you have a lot of Stardust with that Shadow Jump Pluff. Had, had asterisk <laughs> Pelipper <laughs> into Jump Pluff, Shift Tree, Pelipper, Cradley, Defense Form, Deoxys, and Kafagrigus. All right, I'll be the first one to say it. That Tyranitar had to be running Bite. There's absolutely no way that Bite does not look this good on the te- uh, on the on the in the matchup. You 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 still like Bite better, even though Smackdown is unresisted. Oh, that's right. Deoxys Defense Deoxys is a is a psychic type. I take back what I said. It had to be Smackdown. It was Smackdown all along. <laughs> I don't know what the other taco was saying. That guy. No, but but see, we got. I mean, Kafagrigus. Heck, even Malamar does really well into Defense Form Deoxys and Kafagrigus, respectively. The jump pluff with you know Fairy Wind isn't going to do a lot, but it is going to threaten Shiftry, and you know. Getting a shadow boosted acrobatics onto your own jump pluff and or cradley and something as quote unquote glassy as Pelipper is not gonna do a, really well. Ferrothorn once again does Ferrothorn things. Which once Defense Form Deoxys was taken off the board, Ferrothorn was just there to m- mop up everything, which I think was pretty neat. Well, and I wonder if this is a case similar to with Shadow uh, Shiftry, where if you just go to shield on the Tyranitar, does it just go ham? I think for some... Like, it's it's still losing to Deoxys just because it's double weak to the counters, but... I think for... S- it's looking pretty good. I think for something as glassy as Shadow Tyranitar... I don't think it would have made much of a difference. But I kind of see what you mean on that with the rest of the team being just naturally bulky. You could leave the two shields up for Tyranitar. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it this way. Uh, Tyranitar on the one shield loses to Shiftry... Uh, so I'm talking about the Shadow Tyranitar. Ah. Loses to the Shiftry, Kofagrigus, and Jump Bluff. But in the two shield, it wins. Today I learned. So, and that's that's more what I'm I'm thinking of is essentially your your biggest issue with the Tyranitar is you're getting outpaced to two charge moves, and that's what gives those Pokemon the win. And if you just bank on Hey, I can I can deal with whatever as long as I invest the shields. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It's a legitimate strategy. And un- unless you're <laughs> giving up some of your own coverage and saying to yourself, I need to <laughs> I need to put my shiftery into full deal with T-Tar mode <laughs> and have it run Razor Leaf. Like, that that thing can get out of control. 
Yeah, definitely Razorleaf Shiftry, which I thought was just a meme, is a pretty viable strategy, all things considered. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where the idea was coming from for the Tarantar as well, is having having seen how good the two-shield Shiftry can be, like, I figured this would run similar. Okay. And to, to validate your comments, yes, it, it also makes his team work the fact that he has leaned bulkier in general outside of the Titar. Like the we've we've already talked about the Malamar, but the Kofa Pharaoh and even Shadow Jump Buff is still one of the bulkier Pokemon in the meta. Right. Uh <laughs> So yeah, outside of Tyranitar getting stuck on the defense Deoxys, like it, it could deal with this team. <laughs> Alrighty. So moving on into the second Arcana slot. We had Jimbo Slice and D-Longs go going up against each other. Jimbo Slice also brought a Shadow Tyranitar. Defense Form Deoxys, Cofagrigus, Jump Pluff, Shiftry, and Pelipper. Into D-Longs, Pelipper, Cofagrigus, Shadow Shiftry, Tyrant, Superior, and Jump Pluff as well. Unfortunately, this t Shadow Tyranitar was on the losing end of a 1-2 matchup. And it looks like... I mean, SmackDown de was definitely an option. That Defense Form Deoxys... I don't know, I kind of like the the thunderbolt but i also do like rock slide because it would hit neutral but do you really need to have psycho boost on this one it's it's handy in general just as the the faster charge move Uh, overall, I'm trying to look at what the biggest differences in the teams are. Um, you have a little bit better fast move pressure with the Tyrant and the Shadow Shiftry as an answer rather than the, the regular Shiftry. I see. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering also just about the triple grass. Like, if that's enough for the shadow T-Tar just to get cold feet, you know? Like, does it, does it even show up? I think with this many checks and only one clear target, no, you don't bring the Tyranitar. Well, actually, no, it's, I lied. There's two targets. There's Jump Pluff and Pelipper. Yeah, well, okay, so in, in general, it just, it seems like... I, I, I would lean towards maybe it, the, the game plan 
didn't feel as comfortable here, so they had to maybe play around the other picks. And then as soon as you aren't running the Shadow Tyranitar, I think the other five are going to be a little bit more subject to... lineup issues here oh it's like there there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of mirror but um <sighs> yeah the 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 dd is either feast or famine so like that can feel weird also gotcha okay well Before we wrap our heads too much around it, I'm kind of looking at. I'm kind of noticing or thinking what was the, the final the the nail in the coffin, so to speak. With, catacomb. Uh, with, winter vortex taking a five-one victory in catacomb, mm. and was ultimately. I want to say one of the one of the catacomb matchups here was the very last thing that was needed for that was played in kind of like a nine nine yeah this was the nine nine matchup before before the last matchup was played. But okay, I'll stop hyping it up. <laughs> I'll get right into it. So we had Mystic Matt and Say My Name, spelled pretty alternatively, still nice though, go up against each other. Mystic Matt brought Sudowoodo, Samurott, Umbreon, Beedrill, Frostlass, and Jumpluff into Say My Name's Chestnut, Drapion, Sudowoodo, Galvangela, Frostlass, and Umbreon. You know, Say My Name was able to take a 3-0 victory. And I'm 99% sure it was because of Frostlass. And Galvantula. Or, sorry, Frostlass and Chestnut. Gal was also pretty safe. Um... Like, you could always count on it to do decent chip, like, even if it's not winning a matchup in this particular one. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, it, it loses to Umbreon, technically, like, in the one shield, but it's just a, it's a nice bring because you can always either just get your get your debuffs in or get good damage in or both depending yeah that's uh, yeah I do keep forgetting that Galvangelo is also one of those limited meta Pokemon and the, the one to keep in mind for Catacomb in particular is that the pacing for 
those three volt switches is the same as Frostlass to the Avalanche. So with Galv winning CMP, it's it's just a clean win for Galv. I see. Yeah, yeah. that's true, honestly. So you, you kind of have to avoid <laughs> avoid that particular scenario if if you're playing against a Galvantula. Um, you have to do your best. And yeah, so so they're more like most comfortable answers to the Galv are the Beedrill and then does the jump club even win? Against Galvantula? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. No. No. No, it doesn't. Oh. Well, then I stole a win from my Galvantula when I fought Galvantula. Okay. <laughs> at least in at least in the one and two shield, the Galv comes out ahead. So it's it's really. The zero, because you don't have enough time to debuff the acrobatics twice. Gotcha. I see. All right. So, and then the final slot, we had. I was gonna say Schrodinger, but Schroeder. Schroeder goes up against. Tifiore, TD Fiore. I omitted the I. Fight me. It was uh, Schrobert, Schroderb, Sudowoodo, Samurai, Galvantula, Frostlass, Sableye, and Jumpluff. Into Fiore's Frostlass, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Alolan Graveler, Jumpluff, and Samurai as well. So based off of this one-two performance, I I really like the Alolan Graveler on this one. Yeah, it's it's flexible into this setup, and the the Umbreon is the other difference, right? And it's good here, um, for especially for helping get your Graveler slash whatever backup you want aligned properly um, Umbreon's your guy it is definitely going to do its do its best and it is going to be very what's the word very bulky I think it's the bulkiest Pokemon in the in the field if I'm not mistaken yeah well I mean it's right on that line with Mandibuzz and they're both in there so makes sense uh anyway just so like even looking at that initial pairing I would say the like we we hyped Galvantula in the other matchup and this one I feel like it wasn't as strong that yeah I can see that happening but that's all. That's also the difference. As soon as you inter introduce one of the Alolan rocks, is that's 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 the reason that Galvantula is a little spooky to use sometimes. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the dual rock core 
can definitely make sure that Galvantula does not come out and play while still being able to cover <laughs> everything else. Ex- well, and this is this is just the classic catacomb setup. Needs more Venusaur. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like as soon as you drop Venusaur Beedrill, like this, this is what you get, and it's been working well all cycle, and it's it it's gonna <laughs> like it. You can you can run Frostlass Double Rock all cycle if you want. Like <laughs> that is that is the nature of Catacomb. That makes sense. Is it preview time? It is definitely preview time. Alrighty, so for the sixth bout, Barktown Boomers is going to be go- looking to continue their undefeated streak, going up on a collision course against the other undefeated, the other undefeated team, SoCal Swablu SD. But that won't be this week. See what I did there? <laughs> Barktown Boomers will be fighting the Orlando faction. SoCal Swablu will be fighting Busta Mime. Spice is Bright draws Dinair Don't Care. The Battle Boys are going to be looking to rebound off of Pioneer Valley on against Pioneer Valley PvP. And Winter Vortex draws the Pokemon Rangers. Quick look at the standings. Of course, we have Swablu and Barktown Boomers and the top two slots. Battle Boys, even though they lost, still retain spot number three. Now here's an interesting one. There is one team with three wins, and that is Pioneer Valley PvP. However, there are two teams, Diener Don't Care and Winter Vortex, who have two wins right behind them, but they have a lot more wins than Pioneer Valley PvP. About a whole bout's worth. So, Pioneer Valley has to keep winning and hope that Dinair Don't Care or Winter Vortex uh, wins, keeps winning, in order to hold off on that last promotion spot. I know we're four bouts away from the end of the, uh, from the, end of the cycle, but it's never too early to start looking at who's getting promoted and who's going home with that out of the way it is now time for our final tier bronze tier woo we did it we did it it's a great time no eating here tonight oh you made me remember you made me remember that I'm hungry (laughs) that uh yeah the one drawback to Recording a little earlier. (laughs) Okay, so we had another championship bout this week, or a championship match, with Stadium Elite Silver and Sharks and Wreck. Those are the lone undefeated teams, if I remember. Yes, the lone undefeated teams. I'm going to start at the bottom as well, because they're, once again, the first team that I have to... They're at the very top, so... Sea Kingpin finally gets out of the L column and beats Battle Club Orlando 11-10. Sveal Team 6 beats Ghost Pepper Dunspice 7-13-7. Once again, we had some staff corrections because lineups did not get set. Set your lineups, people. Bad Mewtwo... Wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Look at the lineup they set. Has this person just... continuously not been setting their lineup? Like, how how would you lock that in? Uh... Are you kidding me? <laughs> did... No, because they had... Oh, well... That person didn't fight on Dunspice. 
this looks this looks super fishy to me. I will I will give it to Czar that, that they ran Caracosta before, but Breloom and <laughs> Scolipede are new picks in Catacomb. Okay, I will I will play Devil's Advocate here. TJ Buckets has been was originally fighting in the open slot. Up until up until bout four. And then got moved to bout five. So I will I'll probably just say that, you know, it may not have been his fault. Maybe he would there was a miscommunication and he just didn't set a lineup? I don't know. I'm suspicious. I mean it does look pretty sus, so I, I will say that. But okay. I mean that is I mean otherwise that is just the spiciest call ever. I like it. <laughs> Alrighty. So then we also had Mighty Thunder Ducks and N Synchronoise square off. Mighty Thunder Ducks takes an eleven to ten victory. And then finally, a battle of the undefeated in bout five, Stadium Lead Silver and Sharks and Wreck squared off, and Sharks and Wreck was able to pull off an eleven to ten victory. Leaving Sharks and Wreck as the only undefeated team left in the the bronze tier. You and I both know that they're going they're going way they're just trying to catch up to Rock Paper Slark and Brave Nerds PvP. Yeah, those those double jumps. <laughs> they're just they're just waiting their turn. So, well, well, they'll they'll meet again someday. Maybe when they all plateau in platinum or go all the way up to diamond and dethrone the dethrone the teams that go up and down. Of course, ev- everyone up there, or sorry, Emerald. That's what I was saying. Everyone knows that in Emerald, there's only there's really only one team that has stayed up there since season one, and uh, I think that's the Cool Cats. But that's for another day. Anyway, Stadium Elite versus Sharks and Wreck. Let's dive into this. We get a open Great League that has no Alola Ninetales. For yeah, for the first time. So we had Desynced going up against Gordon the Flash. Desynced brought Venusaur, Shadow Charizard, Chrysalia, Galarian Stunfist, Tapufinian Double into Gordon's. Shadow Charizard, Lickitung, Mantine, Swampert, Toxicroak, and Double. <laughs> Double. Alright, let's dive into this. So right off the bat, I am seeing the Double Water Core. So that means the Venusaur would be looking very, very nice. However, that Tabufini doesn't look completely safe with that Toxicroak. Lying, lying in wait, and Ligaton gets grass knot as well. Yeah, it's looking a little sad for the Mantine. I mean, you could bubble beam to kind of debuff, especially if we're using wing attack. 
Yeah, it just it doesn't have a great target. Like, uh, I went and checked D-Sync's earlier teams, and they've been running like Jump Bluff or Gliscor, so things that the Ice Beam would actually appreciate be rather rather handy into. Yeah, and there there just there isn't that <laughs> in this in this version of the team. That's fair. I mean, I like the call for bringing Toxicroak, being able to hit the Galarian Stunfist and double for getting that massive fast move pressure encounter. And then if you can land a Sludge Bomb, hitting Tapofini and almost getting it completely off the board. Like, Tango's not bad either. Like, you have to keep it away from the double. Um, their own double is decent like the having three pokemon resist the double kicks doesn't feel good but <laughs> depending on your secondary charge move like i would assume payback um just so that you have neutral and everything like you're you're looking pretty okay um it just looks a little bit uncomfortable for gordon is kind of kind of my read on it. That's fair. But yeah. I mean also kind of looking not discounting the Shadow Charizard because despite the fact that it can hit like I said, even though it hits resisted, it will still chunk damage off. And I'm not sure what the calcs are. But a Blast Burnu and Tabafini has to be doing at least half. Maybe. I could be wrong. Yeah, probably. The the, the water gun is obviously a problem, but um Yeah. And I'm wondering if there was just too much for Gordon's Shadow Charizard to do. Um Where if you have Charizard and your normals, like you, you do all right most of the time. But I also I understand why you would want to lean towards maybe the Shadow Swampert as well, just because it's a little cleaner sometimes. But they have they have pretty hard punishes to that as well. True. But okay, so let's let's move on to the Justicar field. We see a Galarian Sloking. <laughs> but again, the it's it's looking a lot more like bout one style team building, at least from, from on Jonathan Kelly's side. Yeah, so Jonathan Kelly brought Gengar, Tentacruel, Shadow Charizard, Drapion, Regice. A lot of more people are running Regice. I should probably ask some Justicar people how they feel about it. And Cobalion into Shadow Luxray, Shadow Ampharos, Alolan Sandslash. That's a mod we haven't seen in a bit. Ch regular Charizard, Tentacruel, and Galarian Slowking. 
So with Alolan Sand Slash, or with Char that the Shadow Charizard, 90 <laughs> I'm 90% sure it's running Wing Attack. It would be resisting Alolan Sand Slashes. It would be resisting on Alolan Sand Slash, which would kind of give it a little bit more play. Hear me out. <laughs> and with it running Shadow Claw to hit Gengar for super effective damage, you could essentially do some damage, but you wouldn't be able to do a lot of damage. I just like the alone sense last, so I'm trying to make it work. Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't have a great way to deal with a couple pretty big issues here, like namely the the Cobalion is is a big problem. The Regice also just outpaces. Unless you're committing to Gyro Ball, which makes you useless into Tendercruel, so it's it's that's a tough one. That does make sense. Overall, I like the Galarian Sloking. Um, Yeah, and I'm kind of liking the... I like the Ampharos call. Because you can use the... Like, the Volt Switch to get a lot of fra fast pressure on the Shadow Charizard and the Tentacruel. And then you can use the Brutal Swing to hit, of course, Gengar. I know it's not as common in the Justicar field, but it's still there. And if you have it's, it's it's rated highly. If you have access to Focus Blast, you can hit and do a lot of damage to the Drapion, the Regice, and Cobalion in the back over in the the back three over there. Yeah, I like the Glarian Sloking with the double Shadow Electrics. Like, I'm I'm honestly surprised that this didn't go the other way. I'm gonna I'm gonna credit fancy footwork to Jonathan Kelly. That's fair. Alrighty, so let's go on into the master slot. Unfortunately, we had our. Well, it looks like I said. <laughs> I cannot speak. We had our only sweep of the bout in the Master League with Frag and Wagon up against Dale Toon Army. Frag and Wagon brings Genesect, Mewtwo, Gyarados, Palkia, Mega Pidgeot, the best Mega of all time, and Florges into Dialga, Zacian, Hydreigon, Swampert, Excadrill, and Garchomp. How the heck did Dale Toon Army bring not bring a Mega and sweep the opponent? Uh, well, Excadrill? Let's see. Excadrill, Drill Run, Rock Slide, Gyarados Hurt Bad, Florges Hurt Bad, 
Okay, um, no, well, mm. They shouldn't have to come in. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if it's like a Zacian double steel um, baseline. Let's go with that. That, may, that, <laughs> that maybe, yeah, that maybe helps quite a bit. Like the the Genesect is, is sitting well, especially into something like the Hydreigon. Like... The only thing I could see hurting the Genesect for massive damage would be that Fire Blast Garchomp. It's it's already frailer than a lot of the the big names in, in Master League, so for the most part, I, I don't think you have to worry about nuking it. It's, it's more of a... you just outlast because your stats are better situation. Like, unless the Genesect can hit you for super effective, it tends to be okay. So, like, either one of Zacian's nukes hits for neutral, so that's fine. Um, Dialga, I'm pretty sure, even is alright into it. Yeah, I can see that. And, yeah, you, I keep thinking, like, Master League, everything's, like, super bulky, but then I remember, or then you point out that, oh, yeah, things are frailer than normal. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's there's some stuff. So, yeah, the Dialga and the Zacian come out ahead a little bit in the one shield, um, assuming it's the Ice Technoblast, which usually I feel like it is. Fair. All right. Well... Congrats to Dale Toon Army for being the first th sweep without a Mega that we've covered in a while. Well, and being the only sweep of this bout is, is pretty big too, especially in a one-point overall match. I know how that feels. <laughs> oh wait, we know, we know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, we were you and I were actually the, the two players when in bouts one and two because I got swept and then you got swept and then we won and and then nobody got swept in the final bout in bout four that, yeah that helps that helps a lot too okay in the next match in the first arcana slot it was a it was a tie down the middle honestly both teams got three points apiece in the field slots respectively we had LV Pips and Z's Wireless go up against each other. LV Pips brings Gyarados, Honchkrow, Ferrothorn, Mew, Crustle, and Cofagrigus into Z's Wireless's Cofagrigus, Superior, Pelipper, Shiftry, Crustle, and Tyrant. We've seen Superior pop up a couple times. I'm curious what is pressuring that pickup. So usually with Superior, at least the way I like to kind of chalk it up, is Superior can really hurt the Crustle if Crustle's running Smackdown. It can really hit the Tyrant super hard with access to Frenzy Plant. It can make Shiftry cry for its mommy with, a, with Aerial Ace, and then being it as it's more attack weighted it can really hurt Pelipper and Gyarados 
seeing as they're both... Well, Gyarados is really frail in the Great League, but Pelipper is decently bulky. It's got HP, at least. But it's got, like, no... Um, no defenses to speak of. Hmm. Uh, just looking at its actual stat breakdown, the defense is the highest stat, oh. but it's only barely higher than the attack. Oh, okay. I was going to say, oh, okay. I'll be wrong. <laughs> uh, well, and okay, so it looks like Superior is fairly consistent into anything that doesn't hardwall it, so like the jump bluff is an issue, but the there aren't a lot of other things that it doesn't dent well in the meta if it doesn't outright beat them. Gotcha. Where it's it's just a, it's just a case of frenzy plant and aerial ace as bad as it is. bad as aerial ace is that move combo just like hits a bunch of stuff here, which makes sense. I see. And it's it's bulky enough to keep up, so that also helps. Okay then, that's a that's a really good thing to take a look see at. Oh. Um. Okay, so then we oop wrong tab. Alrighty, so then we can kind of mosey on into the next slot with. Gambino Dragon versus Lucio? Lucio? And Lucio. Yes? No? Maybe so? Sure. <laughs> so we had, and Lucio brings Jump Pluff, Shiftry, Superior, Tyrant, Pelipper, and Cofagrigus. Into Runarigus, Honchkrow, Tyrant, Mew, Superior, and Jumpluff. <laughs> Glad we talked about Superior when there <laughs> two more showing up. I mean, like I said, Superior does have a lot of play because I also forgot Superior hits Runarigus super hard because of the part ground typing. But Superior is slowly becoming more and more of that. What's the word? It feels like it, it fits a similar mold to something like a Tyrant, where it's good enough into a lot of the common picks. Uh-huh. That's a fair that's a fair point. What's our what's our biggest difference between these teams? It's just the Pelipper and the Mew kind of. Pelipper, Mew. Honch you have the Honchcrow Shiftry. Honchcrow Shiftry, and then Runarigus and Cofagrigus. And this is one where maybe Honchcrow got to do something. It got to do its best. 
where there's there's just not that uh, rock type damage pressure. Like if you had a Crustle that you could at least run a Smackdown or something. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's a Tyrant, but and you you still don't want to get hit with Dragon Tails from it, but it's not as like immediately fatal, right? So you will still at least get some mileage out of it potentially, or set it up um, so that it can. So as long as you handle the Pelipper, like maybe that's the key then to to letting Gambino's Tyrant Honchcrow kind of feel solid. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense there. Because I know Honchcrow, Honchcrow can nuke one of those Pokemon into Oblivion. Which I think was the key point. At least that's what I'm going to say it would be the key point. Yeah, I, like obviously these teams are very similar. So there's there's also just the players behind the wheel at that point. But as far as the the builds go, I want I want to hope that Honkrow got to do something. <laughs> well, let's hope that let's hope the Gambino Dragon hears this and says, "Hey, Taco, this is what my Honkrow did." Even if it was nothing, and I'll still take it. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's move on to the catacomb slot. We had 3D Jimcorn go up against Garchomp Glory, who has still yet to make a Garchomp, who has still yet to have Garchomp make an appearance on his team. Feels wrong. I know. So we had Jimcorn bring Drapion, Sudowoodo, Frostlass, Samurott, Alolan Graveler, and Jumpluff. Into Sableye, Jumpluff, Umbreon, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, and Drapion. I feel like I just said the same team, just backwards. And this is a reused team from Garchomp. And they still took a W. So let's find out why. So I'm seeing Actually, this looks like well no, Frostlass beats the jump pluff. And Ice type is super effective against rock types, right? No, sir. No, it is neutral. Okay. So the only thing that the Frostlass would fear on Garchomp Glory side would be a rock charge move and Drapion's crunch. Whereas Jimcorn's Frostlass would fear the Sableye, the Umbreon, and Drapion's crunch as well. And the rock charge move. I think this one just came down to which bench exerted the most pressure. Because double rock into double dark. Triple dark? Oh, yeah, I forget. I forget Drapion sometimes. Okay, trip double rock into triple dark. 
It's definitely a choice. The jump bluff beats the pseudo If you land the energy ball, Samurott, Olin Graveler. Umbreon beats the Frostlass. Alolan Graveler. It can chip Pseudo Or I think it beats Pseudo depending on how much health was on it and energy it had. Aqua Tail Drapion can do. Well, actually, with the amount of counters that you have on the rock types you don't really need aqua tail you can just go straight sludge bomb or crunch and then sableye does sableye things you really only has to look out for the jump bluff your thoughts jet Yeah, I think the triple dark was just pretty flexible here. Um, I, I think I, I think I agree with the with the outcome. Like, I don't know that it's like a strict upgrade by any means, but uh, it's interesting that both players brought a Drapion in the first place, and the fact that it's uh, Jim Corn's default dark type here. It's like they did swap out of Swilus into Lowland Graveler, I think, from their last setup. Right. Oh, and they, yeah, okay, so they switched from Sableye to Drapion. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about Drapion in that role when Umbreon is free. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I get it more alongside an Umbreon. Like that 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 feels like more of its its proper spot. Like you're using it instead of a secondary ghost or like in this case like for for garchomp it it almost does triple ghost things because sableye frostlass is on that squad so <laughs> right okay then yeah i i i i yeah i i'm i'll i'll come back with more opinions on Drapion next week probably, but it's 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 curious to me that that was uh, Jim Corn's one dark type. I wonder I wonder if they will will keep that going forward or not. Right, and actually speaking of Drapion, it's also in the next matchup in Catacomb as well, but it's on the losing side. So sand <laughs> day. <laughs> we had Briggsy versus Jay Johnson. You know, I'm starting to notice a little pattern on the on the Sharks and Rec team. They've got their team name, or they have their their trainer names. They start with the one letter, and then they have a second word, and it begins with the same letter. Garchomp Glory, Jay Johnson, Z Wireless. 
patterns. That's it. Patterns. <laughs> a couple in a row. It felt like something. Yeah. So we had Briggs. So yeah, Briggsy brought Frostlass, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Beedrill, and Chestnut into Jay Johnson's Samurott, Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Beedrill, Chestnut, and Drapion. Okay, and then here. The Drapion is in like what's normally the Frostlass slot, and again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that it it holds up. Like uh, I, I, I feel like both in both of these, where Drapion is subbed in for what's normally a more meta bond, like it has kind of betrayed them. <laughs> yeah. I can... That's that's my that's my read on both of these is is the Drapion just doesn't hold up as a Umbreon or a Frostlass replacement. I think in this case, like Drapion is not bulky enough to be an Umbreon replacement, and it doesn't hit hard enough to be a Frostlass replacement. It's more to me, it feels like a little bit more of a of a supplement or like a yeah a supplemental mon where you can kind of slot it in. If there's too many like Umbreon counters, it can kind of get the job done, but it's not gonna like be bringing in decisive wins. It's a setup mod, like well, you said. Yeah, and I don't. And and when you're using it to replace what you would normally be setting up for, like that that feels that feels bad. <laughs> uh, and then just doing like the quick look on the rankings for for Drapion like it l- loses the one shield to Umbreon and Frostlass like to me like that kind of is telling the story like, again that's with the Aqua Tail version where I, I wonder if you need to go nukes or you need to try to use it some other way Mm-hmm. Like obvi- obviously, going nukes doesn't help into Frostlass, but okay. It, well, if you get the debuff on the first crunch, you win the one shield into into Frostlass. So that's that's worth noting. But and you do win the zero. Well, anything wins a zero be- against Frostlass, to be frank. Just just because you're well, not necessarily. Like you need super effective damage and you need to be able to outpace and survive an avalanche but or shadow ball respectively which there's a short list of pokemon that can do that so maybe maybe that's the story of of drapion is it's it's a it's there to be a pokemon that you don't give shields to Right, where it gets you, it gets you ahead in in shields usually, just because people will shield early, presumably. <laughs> but yeah, in these, in this, in these particular team builds, like I, I think it it doesn't it doesn't do the job of the thing that would logically go in that spot as well. That does make a lot of sense there. And then, to me, the way the way Gardevoir Glory has it set up, where it's just bonus <laughs> of of either of either dark or 
poison. Like, it, it gets to be more comfortable that way, where it's like, oh, you have all of your other picks be more common, and then you have Drapion that you can pop in, whereas for the other teams that are running it, like, it, feel, like, it almost feels like they are put in this uncomfortable position because they brought it over the, the more common pick. Gotcha. And yeah, I think in this case, like, Drapion was probably a little... I would probably say Drapion would be a little bit more of a Beedrill swap than anything. But they also have a Beedrill. So I know. It's so like... <laughs> you essentially brought two Beedrills, which... Yeah. I One of them isn't really going to do anything. And it loses to Beedrill. Right. So. Oh yeah, because of drill run, and it's and it's just it's not. I assume it also wouldn't be comfortable into chestnut either. Like, be drill more or more drapeon? reason drapeon. Like you would you would feel extra pressured to run sludge bomb then. Well, yeah, because you're you, you're not doing any damage with poison sting or infestation, or aquatail or crunch even. Like the I guess. Crunch will still do something, but just the fact that it resists it is... I mean, Crunch has a chance for a debuff, but that's about it. Yeah. It's like, I I, I get it, like, as, as far as wanting to try it out. I, I just, I feel... <laughs> I feel like it was uniquely responsible for both losses in Catacomb in this particular <laughs> matchup. Yeah. That's a bit of a bummer on Jay Johnson's part because the matchups were so close. But in the end, he really only needed one victory, one point to seal the win. Well, and when literally every game mattered, like it, it start you, <laughs> you, you start to wonder about just like those. Uh, how do I say these like alternative picks, like when the usual suspects feel like they give the players a better shot. That does make a lot of sense there. <laughs> Alrighty. So, with that final wrap-up out of the way, we're going to move into the last preview We've got Stadium Elite Silver fighting the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Tap and Turtle Squad's going up against Sharks and Wreck. Will the Tap and Turtle Squad be able to rebound from their loss last week and hand Sharks and Wreck their first loss? Stay tuned. Ghost Pepper Dunspice will be fighting End Synchronoise. Sea Kingpin gets the bad Mewtwo's. And finally, Battle Club Orlando will be fighting Sfeel Team 6. Oh yeah, Battle Club Orlando will be looking for their first victory of the bout. But with Sfeel Team 6 and Ghost Over Dunspice having one victory apiece as well, they can very easily jump back into contention for avoiding relegation. I also like how spread out the, the, the bronze tier is. 
It is crazy, though, that there were still matchups that were that close. You're right. It's not just happening to us anymore. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but with our first wrap-up back from the break and our previews taken care of, it is now time that we, unfortunately, have to end the episode. <laughs> It's been real. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm bad at goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do it again next week. <laughs> this was fun. They they left the door open and we just walked right in. We are the, we are the imposters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but with all of that being said, we want to let you all know that if you're if you have like if your cycle has not been <laughs> the best time back, it's okay. You've got four. Yeah, four bouts left before the end. Let the chips fall where they may. Do your best, trainers, because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Whether you get 0-3'd, 3-0'd, I've been on the receiving end of both. (laughs) And, you know, just rely on your team. Come up with strategies, scrimmage, team build. At the end of the day, your teammates, you're there for, you know, nine weeks. Better get to know them. It, it can make a pretty good big difference <laughs> if you're actually playing as a team but yeah just to piggyback a little bit like you you got time to reinvent if you have to but if you don't just keep cruising yeah and honestly i've seen i mean we've seen teams go from one and three at the start of the bout to finishing six and three because they just went on like a four or five a four or five week run to kind of piggyback and, off. and you can you can have that stacked schedule in the beginning that feels bad, but... <laughs> and actually, to piggyback off of that, um, the Queen Bees, last cycle, they they lost the first b- bout against us, and then they went on a seven... They went on a seven-week win streak and then lost the, the last two matchups to finish... Or sorry, six-game win streak, and then they lost the last two matchups to finish six and three. So things, things can very well like change week to week. It's all about consistency. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. I promise. <laughs> With all of that being said, always remember to keep your dragon fangs sharp. Stay away from those fairy types. Even you, Alola Ninetales, we know what you're trying to do over there. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. We did it.